1: Hello everyone and welcome to another episode of the TakeCast. My name is Davis Matic. You guys can find me on Twitter at Davis Matic. In this episode of the show, I'm joined by our buddy Matthew Wiley for his first appearance on the program. You guys can listen to his podcast, subscribe to it on his Twitter if and when he gets around to doing more episodes. Just kind of wanted to pick Matt's brain, obviously, on uh, the horse racing field. Is that something that he has recently been getting into? His career, his ups and downs in DFS, growing up in Canada, all the good stuff. I really enjoyed talking to Mr. Wiley, and I hope that you guys enjoy the conversation. If you want to support this show, you can subscribe to patreon.com takecast take for bonus episodes of the show, or you can just leave a rating or review on iTunes, or tell a friend about the program. Any of that works. Now let's go ahead and get into the episode. All right, everyone, very happy to welcome into the show for the first time, Matt Matthew Wiley. You can go by you can go by either here on the program host of the Golflandia, I suppose more recently the Horselandia podcast. Oh, but uh, very excited to get to chat with you today, man. It's uh, I feel like it's been a long time coming.
2: Yeah, I finally made it. I finally made it. I was telling my text group today. I was like, you're not going to believe what I'm doing this afternoon.
1: The man so. with the most immaculate handwriting in DFS. And it's not yep. even close, dude. It's not even close. I would be, I would be embarrassed to show you the sort of illegible notes I have on on college ruled notepaper here around my desk. You've got you've got the screenshot of the uh, of the text down to an art.
2: I have I judge people on their handwriting, by the way. So what? uh
1: Mine's as bad as it gets. I mean, truly, uh, it, it was bad really? when I was a child and I never, it was just one of those things, never bothered to improve it. So I I'm already, I'm already starting out with a, a non-passing grade.
2: Good. Yeah. The psychopath handwriting, I think is very large and uh thick sharp. Okay. No,
1: mine's mine's really small. I write, I write oh, very okay. small. Yeah.
2: Well, then you're a good person.
1: Okay, it's very small, but probably me and my wife are the only people that can read it, and I bet right. she wouldn't even get a hundred percent pass on it.
2: Well, let me—I'll be the judge of that.
1: <laughs> I might have to—I might have to do a sample here later in the show. So, yeah, bro. I mean, I think good question for any uh, any person who's who's brand new to the show. What is your DFS villain origin story? Do you remember playing in your first contest? Do you remember hearing for the? Wait, I can just can just download this app and i can just i can just maybe win a million dollars
2: to know the last time i won golf dfs was the first time i won golf dfs
1: yeah and no one wins at golf dfs i don't think
2: no 2017 maybe maybe earlier uh i didn't uh, help follow any content i didn't use any data i didn't really know much about golf at the time and i shipped a i didn't even know what a Fantasy Golf World Championship was. And right. I shipped, I shipped like two contests with one lineup. And the rest is history. Oh, you might as well start a podcast then.
1: Well, yeah. About, I mean, that's just called good branding.
2: That, that's the next thing. Yeah. And then, <laughs> then have a five year losing run in golf. Uh, no, I mean, listen, it's, you know, we've talked about this before on Twitter. I think it's, it's, there's really, it's it's ownership based in golf. Uh, I like to think it's kino. basically. I mean, you're just drawing numbers. I, I
1: think that's sort of DFS in general for all sports today. I think the idea of playing against people who don't know what they're doing or don't understand the the strategy of the contest or don't understand the incentives, like, I don't know, 70% of the people on DraftKings probably are producing good lineups. What You would just quantify as good lineups in, in everything, I would say. Mm-hmm.
2: Oh, oh yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's when I realized, I mean, cause I, I sporadically do a podcast now just for, for, for kicks, but to think that I have any sort of edge in golf that I can offer people. I mean, I, maybe I thought that years ago, uh, but everyone does when they start a podcast and then you realize that, Hey, there's much sharper players out there than me. And so that's why I went full force into horse racing. then. We could talk about that later.
1: <laughs> well, I mean, I think I think something that's become very clear, and like <laughs> really specifically, like post COVID times, like I I think that there's a greater understanding that like a lot of content, unless you're paying like crazy money for it, uh, you know, like and and certainly I think there are people who could get their money's worth out of, you know, okay, I subscribe to Rotor Grinders ETR and Stochastic. Sure. Uh, formerly awesome. and I'm going to leverage all this information and I'm going to use this in my own models and I'm going to use their ownership projections. But I think by and large, the number one draw of content is just to be entertained, to just like the people that you're listening to and to just find it to be a generally pleasurable experience. Like I I think that's true across the board.
2: That's, that's where I landed a month ago when I said it on a podcast or I think a tweet I said, in this day and age, when everyone really has all the same tools, have been doing it for a long time. This isn't in, this isn't introductory DraftKings anymore. This isn't 2016, right? Where there's people way ahead of the game um, in content. You can either or both, either or both, offer incredible tools and unique looks at data, and or and this is the rare and be wildly entertaining. And build, like, look at, you know, Barstool for what it's worth, right? They built a nice little cult there. They have wildly entertaining personalities, some of them, but they've connected with their audience. So, I mean,
1: that's, that's, uh, I think, I think that's the nail in the head. You could be, you could, like, specifically in fantasy football, I think you could have the greatest information on earth. You could be grinding the tape, inventing new metrics, you know, uncovering gems, you know, whatever. You could have truly the greatest analysis. No one would care if you're not entertaining and personable and forging some sort of connection, something you are offering right. uh, offers some sort of, you know, parasocial relationship where mm-hmm. the people engaging in your content feel like they know you and feel like they like you.
2: Right. And and I, I, that's sometimes the, and it's, it's kind of a honed skill, right? After a long time, you've been doing it for a long time. You got a great following. You're a good communicator. You Know someone just says to me, Oh, I want to start, I'm in the ad agency business too. Like I'm in the creative and marketing world, sure. right? And someone says, Well, I want a podcast too. Okay, well, I want to be a surgeon. It's it's, it's difficult for me to walk into UK hospital here down the street and say, Well, I'm gonna cut you open. So it's the question is, do, do people find you engaging in real life? Do they want to hear what you have to say? Do you yep. have a following? You need a following right? No one gives a shit.
1: (laughs) I mean, that's a, that's a very hard thing to tell someone like you're just not that personable or you're just not that entertaining. But I, I would say far, I mean, for people who like want to start doing fantasy content now, I would say like number one prerequisite is to like be an entertaining and engaging person before anything else.
2: Right. And you know, you gotta, you gotta not, here's the other thing too. And I've learned this myself early on, you know, there's some stuff. I was just thinking before I went on this podcast, some of the shit I used to say on my show or tweeting, but you have to really get thicker skin over time and not take yourself so seriously. And the guys, the people who come into this and taking themselves really seriously are the ones that are destroyed in the streets. Right. And you can laugh at yourself. I mean, you, I mean, you, you can't, survive. Be able to. Well, you can't because, survive.
1: You know, it became clear to me. I am not one of these, you know, mega minds people who's going to be shipping contests all the time. No. I'm not running my own Sims. No. I'm not, uh, you know, winning best ball mania. I'm not winning the main event. Like I I'm competitive and I have made more money in my life on fantasy sports than I've lost on it. But I don't think that means that I'm like. Well, God's that's a gift. flex.
2: That's a flex.
1: Well, I mean, it's not that much of a flex when you realize a lot of that includes right. like uh, back when DFS was on was on easy mode, right? Right, uh, right. It's it's a lot harder. It's a lot harder in these streets now. I mean, I, I think anyone who would tell you otherwise is is definitely lying to you. Like it it's a lot harder to win now. But yeah, I mean, being able to laugh at yourself and and really just being able to be honest with yourself about what you can offer and what you can provide, pretty important. Because people on the internet are going to be mean to you, man. People like, it's just, it's a, it's a fact of life. Like it's just going to happen.
2: You've got to earn it. I mean, Twitter is the, I tell people, you know, well, I've got all these followers on Instagram or Facebook or what have you. I said, do you have following on Twitter? That is where you earn it. People will, you better be interesting to listen to. On Twitter, because if you say dumb shit, you will, it, it will be known. You can get away with that more on Instagram or other other social media platforms. Sure. Twitter, man, you're in the Thunderdome. So, uh, it's, yeah, it's, 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 so,
1: it's so true. I mean, you can just and, and no one like. Great maxim is just to avoid being the main character for a day on Twitter. (laughs) No one wants to be the main character on Twitter for a day. And if it happens to you, like you better take it with some grace because people it's it is you're right. It is, it really is the Thunderdome if you're that guy for a day.
2: Right. Like when Siege did that thing about, you know, that quarterback not being picked number two. He had the guaranteed evidence that right, uh, you know, is it Richardson or no? It was someone, it was it was
1: uh, it was Levis, I think.
2: Yeah. Or yeah. That someone will not be picked number two. when they were. And he became a meme. Now you can, you got to own that. You can't bow out and start it, you know, rewrite what you said. You own it. And it's great. I mean, that's great. It's almost great to get beat up in Twitter. Sometimes it's fun. It's good uh, engagements. Yeah. Yeah. So there you go. There's Twitter. That's Twitter folks.
1: It is. It's bad. And I mean, you know, Twitter, it's not, it's not just in our little world, right? It's, it's the, this, this pertains to everything. Like, a huge part of this war that's being fought between the PGA and and the live is being fought on Twitter. Like a, like a huge portion of it. The, the, the live guys have, you know, they're deploying these Russian bot accounts that like all tweet the same thing in support of their favorite live teams like that. That's very much a war that's being fought on the digital front for sure.
2: Yeah. So, and, and, and for free, might I add, by content creators for nothing. You know, and like even people like you or I or others, we carry a lot of water for these leagues for for really relatively nothing. right? We're the one. There's no reason
1: for me to defend the PGA Tour.
2: And I've come to that conclusion. Right. I was just I I enjoy chopping it up and having an argument and then, you know, having a drink at the end of the day. That's fine. Like I don't take my I don't I don't get hurt. Um, I just like debating issues. And with the live tour, I felt, you know what, I'm tired of carrying the, the trillion dollar industry PGA's water for even the minor part I play. But it's enough to, def, to def, and it has, I mean, a lot of this content anti-live has supported them, has given them a lot of lift and protected the PGA a lot because, you know, the live tour doesn't get a tremendous amount of audience. So yeah, it, it, the content streets have really helped the PGA in that regard. Uh, but I'm kind of just, I'm, I'm done. I'm done debating it. I just.
1: I I think that's, I think that's I mean, that's a good mental health Avenue to take, I think for sure, because yeah, I mean, like I really like golf, like professional golf, awesome majors. Love it. Love to play golf. Uh, don't, don't love, uh, Saudi Arabian or Qatari influences in professional sport honestly the same way I don't love American like as in the state as in right. the government of America I'm not I don't uh I don't shed a tear when they do the flyover when I go to a Chiefs game or whatever like I don't, don't? I don't No, I don't like that shit either you know that,
2: so when I got my citizenship here in 2017 I'd asked me that question would you shed a tear if an F-16 flew over And and you don't
1: get to come in. You don't get to come in if you don't say yes.
2: I shed a tear. Uh, No, I mean, I I mean, listen. It's never been sort of the government angle for me, right? Because I think that can uh, that preening, that moral preening, can get you in some trouble. uh, Because there's a lot of examples, probably where you know your life is intertwined with the Saudi royal government too. I have like look at horse racing, a tremendous, and I've you know even this past month as I'm getting more. Invested in, and you know, um, trying to expand this game to people outside of maybe Lexington, Kentucky for horse racing, is that I've got to understand that you know, a, a guy from the, one of the Saudi royals or the the Qatari royals or you know what have you potentially could be invested with me, right? I mean, for sure, it's tough, and so I don't want to denigrate them because they're so big part of this industry and this community here in Kentucky. My thing with the live tour has always been if you love the PGA tour, if you love it, then you really can't have two tours at the same level. They, whatever they want to say, they want the PGA tour gone. They would not have offered their top 50 players contracts because if they had all signed, it's over. And so, I am, you know, you can either like the live tour and the PGA tour be fine. But as a business model and practice, there's not enough money or interest in the go, in the sport to support no. these two. At some point, the live tour needs to make money at some point. Uh, right now, it's not real. It's not real revenue. It's not real eyeballs. It's not TV contracts. Um, at some point, that pressure of money, if they don't relent, will injure the PGA tour be- beyond repair, I think. I think um, you're probably right. The fans in Australia were pretty crazy. Props to that. If they're trying to follow the Formula One model, look how much attention they brought into Formula brought to Formula One. Like getting people to spend forty one dollars on a you know a Kobe burger sandwich and you know two thousand dollar table. Um, if they want to do that high elite entertainment experiential. With live Liv, and keep pounding it like they're doing with Formula One, which has incredible success, that's a problem. One of these two is not going to be around, um, or in and, the capacity and, they are now.
1: I mean, I would say like live certainly has the the deeper pockets and can mm-hmm. apply more pressure. Right? They can they can keep pressuring these guys. But I I I I think you do raise sort of an interesting question, which is like at what point. Uh, do does either side sort of want to call it quits? You know, like if if uh in five years, if you know Dustin and Brooks and everything, and that's still their headliner, and they're not signing up and coming kids, if JT and Rory and Spieth and everything, or if they're still like you know whatever the the extra hundred million dollars, we're not we're not going for it, like because if it sort of feels like a stalemate right now, don't you think? Where it's like neither side is like the PGA Tour, I suppose is begun to move more of the money to distribute it to the players but not not even close to what live a, guys are getting
2: nope right and that's the thing uh is it is it do you need tiger to do that probably um rory yeah rom probably i i would i would imagine that some more players may go but it's a matter of how much longer does the live tour want to put money into this experiment? Right. Because you're just, they will never, they will never at PGA's best. And they're squeezing all all the margins to do these elevated events. They're squeezing all of their CBS capital, all of their sponsorship money. And and look at their operations run on free labor, right? Volunteers. Everyone on the ground is a volunteer. Um, That's the max you're going to get out of golf right now in terms of money. Live tour will never get that in terms of revenue. I mean, there's just a finite audience for golf. Formula one is an intro, intro product to the American market. Really? I mean, that's so people are like, well, let's throw new money at this interesting sport because now I could sit beside Jeff Bezos. And that means something to me. Golf has been around for a long time. So People the American, have their
1: feelings about golf. There's not like a burgeoning feelings. market for no, it. No,
2: it. it's not. A, it's yeah. like, oh, well, what's this golf you speak of? We get it. And now you've pissed off the American market because you're trying to overtake the PGA Tour. We helped that narrative, right? The content streets did. So Tiger, Rory, uh, the content people doing free labor on the ground here <clears throat> did a lot of this protection and walling off live tour for now in the United States. And so... It, it, the, the live tour will survive so long as they want to keep dumping money into it. It'll just never, I mean, you can't live stream. What? 20,000 people, hundred thousand people. That's that
1: was like, that was like the highest number was like a hundred thousand uh, people on YouTube. Y-
2: you can get more of that on like Twitch or something, right? I, I don't mean, know.
1: Maybe, maybe not me, but certainly people who have uh one nine millionth, the budget of, Saudi Arabia can get a yes. hundred thousand people to watch them on right. Twitch for
2: sure. It, I, I don't think there is a niche market, certainly for live. I don't, I do not want to put down people who like that tour or who like to watch it or who love golf in general. they there. Unless they take a long, long, long-term approach to this, there's just not going to be the money. Um, if I'm not playing, frankly, DFS, I'm not really going to turn on golf on a Thursday. Um, no no chance no chance the only sport i may do that for is horse racing or darts i'm serious about darts
1: i i mean i believe you but i've never like and and
2: uh did you see that one guy i don't even know how you i i I can't call a darts game but he called a darts game that was just like a perfect score it was the most exhilarating thing i've ever seen in sports in my life Sorry. People in
1: people in uh what what's Commonwealth countries like? What is it when you when you used to be part of the British Empire and you aren't anymore? What do they call those now?
2: Um, uh, no.
1: there's there's like a there's like a historical term for this, but like yes. Canada, ca- well, Canada, Canada, Australia, <laughs> India, like these countries not imperialized.
2: They... It was uh oh, you're gonna kill me. So Canada used to be the Dominion of of the United Kingdom, but uh, I know. Yeah, I know what you mean. But go what ahead. What are former
1: what are former British countries called? There's like uh, there's got to be. Yeah. It's in, it, Commonwealth. You 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 for uh you former or just former British colonies, I guess. Works yeah. too. Okay. But but these these countries uh they love darts and they love cricket, which is two yeah. sports that I can't make heads I mean I've tried to understand the rules of cricket. Yeah. uh it, i got nothing like i it just it's totally totally above my head
2: yeah darts is pretty big in canada uh as is curling uh but canada likes to identify more with the united kingdom and europe than they do with the united states sure it's everything that u.s is doing we're not going to do
1: right yeah that's we, uh we, we hate def- big
2: brother pants to the south So they,
1: uh, so I mean, what's the, I, so this is, and I find the same thing true with like bowling too. Like, it feels like a game that can actually be solved. Like you can get a perfect, you you, like, it is possible for humans. (laughs) They've done it to do it perfectly to execute every try that you have. And bowling. Yeah. Really? It happens all the time. Right. People like, like your drunk brother-in-law could get a 300 if he (laughs) like practices for a while.
2: It seems pretty easy, yeah. I mean, I guess you're right. I, so in in Canada, because the winter's so long, we would have you wouldn't have a full golfing season to be short, and the rest of the time you would do curling. So every golf club has a curling club to it. I tell you, curling. I've curled. It's the greatest. Like yeah. they should have. They should have this like top golf. I'm I'm being dead serious. Like draw I feel a like curling. It, like is
1: that is that not a, like it, yeah? Because isn't that a thing? Isn't it like a drinking game for Canadians?
2: Everything's a drinking game for Canadians.
1: Yeah. Okay. Fair. But Going I. Or the DMV
2: I, is a drinking game for Canadians.
1: My my dad grew up in Wisconsin for oh, for part thing. of his childhood. Yeah, yeah. And 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 he he and his brothers did curling. So I played it. I played it with him and his brothers. But that 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 can translate to an American audience, I think, because it right. like is just kind of funny and goofy. But I I can't make heads or tails of darts. I've seen because I follow all these British guys for soccer. And they all love darts too.
2: Did you use a straw broom or a, or like a broom broom sweep? Like a broom
1: or? broom, yeah.
2: Yeah, you're like you're, a you're, like a you're, push you're new school. You're new school. Yeah. You're not the old brushers. Okay. Uh
1: uh-uh. uh.
2: No. Left is... Foot slider. You left foot slider or right foot slider? Think Left about foot. It. Left foot. Yeah. Okay. Perfect. Yeah. Obviously. Right foot because sliders you can't trust.
1: Why well, I, I uh I this is well, I mean we're really getting into it here. I shoot a basketball <laughs> left handed. Do everything else in my life. Right-handed hockey stick. Yeah. Left-hand, left-hand hockey stick, but right-hand golf swing. Okay. Very bizarre. Yeah. 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 You play hockey growing up.
2: Uh, (laughs) there's one thing about hockey. You need to be able to do well. It's skate. Yeah. Yeah. So no, it was not my prowess. Uh, I wanted to be, uh, I grew up in a hockey family. Um, hockey is culture there and uh it's uh but no um but mostly what you do in canada in the winter is either curl play hockey and drink that's it
1: those are your options as like a 14 year old who's going in what primary school is what they call it in canada
2: (laughs) primary school yeah yep you're right oh that brings me back
1: I've never asked Mayo about this. I wonder what he did. I wonder. I wonder if I've never asked him about playing hockey. I don't think he likes hockey.
2: He doesn't like hockey.
1: Yeah. So he must have just been drinking.
2: No. Yeah. I mean. Yeah. (laughs) I don't know. He's a mystery.
1: He is a mystery. He's a mystery. He's an enigmatic guy. He always finds a way to. I've known him for like a decade, and he always finds a way to surprise me.
2: No, my uh, my my uncle owned a junior team called the Oshawa Generals, which hockey guys would be familiar with. But, you know, we used to billet players, meaning that, you know, when they would go play junior hockey, they're only 16, 15 years old and they needed a place to live. So they would live at my house. So I would have, I, you know, I'd have dinner with future NHLers at my dinner table when I was like five years old. And looking back on it now, it was crazy. It was crazy. Um, but that's everything up there. You know, in, and, and so hockey is hockey's life, buddy. It's a great sport. Do you still watch? Absolutely. I'm, I'm punished myself every I was going to say, are
1: you a Leafs fan?
2: You're, yes, of course. Of course. And let me just tell you this because Ryan Bear f- lives in Florida. I have suffered 46 years chasing this idiotic dream that I will not achieve of having a Leaf Stanley Cup ever. It will not happen in my lifetime. And these donkeys who live in South Florida, with their hockey team that plays at a mall, will just wake up with a Stanley Cup in their bed this year. That's offensive. Canada will never. I don't care about the Oilers; they're not winning. Canada's not going to do it. The media is too much. There's too much pressure at the media. Uh, There's too much scrutiny. The players are are already pissed off. That's why they leave. They go to L.A. Playing.
1: There are there what four teams that are still in Canada?
2: Seven. Well, let me see. Vancouver, Calgary, Edmonton, Winnipeg, Toronto.
1: I forgot about Winnipeg. Ottawa,
2: Montreal. That's seven. Yep.
1: So, so I grew up being a Colorado Avalanche fan. So yep. one of my one of my first sports memories is the two thousand and one Stanley Cup. Like watching that, watching that with my dad. Chris Shuri comes out of the penalty box, scores. Uh, shit, I don't even remember who they played. I mean, that was I was a kid. Detroit. Yes. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Yep. That was the uh, goalie fight season. That was uh that was a those were legendary battles. Peter Forsberg was a stud.
1: What a what yeah. The uh Forsberg, sackick all those guys, yep. that those are those are some of my formative sports you were memories. So lucky. Yeah. I and, cre- and they won again. They they've been, I mean, they were terrible for about a decade, but they won. Yep. I actually got to go because they played the blues in the playoffs last year. I live in yep. St. Louis now and they played the blues in the playoffs last year so i got to go wearing i so i wore my avalanche jersey to game 3 but it got so contentious because nazem kadri was like the dirtiest player in the playoffs nazem. so i didn't did not wear my avalanche jersey to game 5
2: You had a kadri jersey?
1: No, i have a blaneskog jersey.
2: Uh yeah, so leafs gave up on kadri which they shouldn't have but he's uh he's he plays with some nastiness but you have to have that grit. Leafs have no grit. They have no Wendell Clark, they've got no Peter Forsberg, they've got no Patrick Roy, and that's why you won. I mean, he was the best goalie of all time. He was time.
1: the best, yeah, he The was. best,
2: and he would have fought everyone on the other opposing team. I mean, he was just played with that energy. Leafs are gutless. Well,
1: Well, it's, it's actually, now that I'm thinking about it,
0: mm-hmm.
1: it really does feel like hockey has been uh, misserviced in America because it's far and away the fourth most popular, the four major sports, right? Not even close.
2: It's you- maybe what top one live sport?
1: Oh, it's so I mean, there's yeah. nothing better, and nothing. and be- and tickets are generally not that bad. Yeah. Uh, like even here, like we like hockey in St. Louis. If yeah. I want to go on like a Wednesday night and I'm looking two hours before the game starts, like 150 bucks for first 15 rows, probably. Like yeah. it's it's really not that bad um yeah it feels like Americans should like hockey it's violent it's fast there are no commercials like it feels like Americans should like it
2: we never understood that growing up Americans the problem with Americans with hockey was they couldn't follow the puck and I never understood remember they had the glowing puck I do remember the
1: glowing puck yeah
2: we never understood that you're just following the motions you don't need to see where the puck is maybe we just see it differently I don't know but um yeah, I, I well, America has saved the NHL. I mean, look at ninety percent of the teams are here, and it's going to expand more here, and it's getting more. Look at Nashville. Nashville has the most rabid fan base in the NHL. If you have ever been to a, a game there, it's amazing.
1: I have it, but that's not even that far for me. That's like a, it's like a four hour drive, I think.
2: Yeah, it's same way going from Lexington, Kentucky. Um, I remember going to a Nashville game drunk uh, with it was against the Leafs. And I remember a kid threw pizza at me because I was cheering for the Leafs. And then <laughs> I think some woman told me she would cut my throat open if I keep cheering. So I stopped. Um, yeah. They're wild. Nashville's a wild town. So NHL's in a good spot. I need to find a new team. I need to find a new team. Why do I, why do I punish myself? My teams are the Bengals and the Leafs. The Bengals are turning around there now.
1: Yeah. You're here in fine. You're in fine. You know, I, I switched teams. This is very controversial. People hate this about me, but I grew up, I just took all the teams from my dad, right? And my dad yeah. grew up in Oklahoma in the yeah. 70s. There was no, you, you didn't, you couldn't watch every NFL game. You got to he watch was the game. Cowboys. He was a Cowboys fan, right? Yep. So he got to see all these Super Bowls, Troy Aikman and Emmett Smith and Roger Staubach. I don't even know when Staubach played. Maybe he didn't see him, but he got to see like, I, I think eight Super Bowls in his lifetime. And yeah. I was born in ninety-two. Ninety-five was the last time the Cowboys won the Super Bowl. My entire adult life, dude, they sucked. They yeah. sucked and it was terrible. And Jerry's like the, you know, always this meddling owner, Romo, you know, the whole Romo era. And I moved to Kansas City the year the Chiefs drafted Mahomes. Uh, my good friends over at DraftKings got me tickets a couple times. I was there for Mahomes' first career start. Um and like you I- give a fan. I just, what could I do? What could I do? That's the Cowboys brave. just, the Cowboys just rip my heart out every year. They're terrible. They find the most gut punching ways to lose. And, and I was just like, you know what? Enough. I'm done. I almost I did switch. that with the
2: bills. I said one night, I said, I was watching a bills game and I said, you know, Matt, you can just literally become a bills fan. If you want, you could, this seems fun. Those people seem fun. Why do you have to eat gold star chili and, and force yourself to watch this mess every year? It's going to be a Bills fan.
1: But you're getting you're getting the payoff now. It finally it a, finally, <laughs> yes. it finally turned around now. Yes. Like you're you're finally in a spot where it feels good. And I guess maybe, maybe that's part of it. You know, maybe whoever they draft after Dak will end up becoming unbelievable. And there'll be this, this wistful sadness for me if the Cowboys end up being this dynastic team after I've I've jumped ship. But I'm I'm comfortable with it. I think the rule should be if the team does nothing to better. I think it's like a relationship. If your partner does nothing to better themselves and only brings you pain, you don't have to stay.
2: You know, you know what my jump off team for hockey is? I'm close. Not not there yet, but I'm close. It's the Rangers.
1: Oh, they're yeah, they're they they do everything right. Like they only they're...
2: because mainly because all my friends, quote, friends in the Onyx tier at DraftKings Flex, they all get what? Rangers sweet. Yep. Yankee suite, Bruins suite. So I asked my rep, "Hey, do we have a suite in Toronto for a Leafs game?" No chance. (laughs) No, there's no DFS in Ontario anymore. No,
1: they're sports betting though, right? They should be able to, you know, they should be able to hook you up with sports betting, right? Yeah,
2: I'll get, I'll get like a a a table at Burger King or something. They can watch it there.
1: DraftKings, uh, sold their suite at Arrowhead as well. So I used to be able, I used to not, not, nice. to, I, I I'm the tier below what diamond, diamond is what right. it was, but I, I. So this is not true anymore, but I you know I used to have all these friends who worked at DraftKings um in, in various sectors or whatever. Did they
2: become not was. your friends anymore? Or they leave the company.
1: They don't work there anymore. Oh, okay. So the two That'd the be two funny were, if
2: they just said they just don't want to be your friend anymore.
1: That would be funny. No, my my two buddies, uh NPK and uh NPK and NPK's Bloom, a legend. Very absolutely great, dude. But they they worked there uh they would you know if i and not that i was annoying not that i was asking for something every day or every week or every month but generally speaking if they could hook it up they would but they don't work there anymore right. so
2: you now know we got I just, dan l dan l's a good dude
1: now now I, I forget the name of i forget the name of my guy now but now i get you know i get i get slumped in there with everyone else i get my draft yeah. kings ugly christmas sweater and that's about yeah. it
2: yeah yeah two coupons to dairy queen how's that sound is that good
1: you know, I mean I take That'd it be at good. this point. <laughs> I, I the 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 nothing was more annoying to me than than the uh, the ninth reworking of the DraftKings rewards program. These tier credits, kill me, dude. Hate it. Yeah. Just yep. for a for a grinder out here just trying to just trying to get by, uh, maximize the micro edges. They they really stuck it to me.
2: Put six put six fingers in uh six fingers, six figures in uh in rainmakers, it'll get you there quick.
1: Okay, let's let's talk let's talk about rainmakers because you were yep. you were one of these dudes who, when right. NFL rainmakers first happened, mm-hmm. you were like, I get this, I understand the structure, I understand the reward mechanism. Sure. I'm going I'm going all in on this. Um, how did I mean one? How did it go? Mm-hmm. And two, yeah. how do you expect it to go next year with with just less enthusiasm about NFTs in general?
2: Yeah. So I never saw it as an NFT play. I know DraftKings right. did, right? And that no, was one of my, one of my contentions early on is I don't have any interest in NFT culture, flipping or sure. any of the mechanisms or some of the, so there's a lot of good people who collect NFTs, a lot of scamps and a lot of bad ones. And I didn't want any sort of association with that. I saw them as playing cards and the game was interesting. Uh, I remember Josh Slepgo, um, probably want to delete that name. I don't think he likes to be aired, but circling the drain, you can edit that, right? Uh, He, 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 you know, he cued me up into it and I really opened my first pack. And then I realized open my hundredth pack. (laughs) Uh, That was, it's sort of like you, you became addicted to addicted to tearing open and seeing if you're going to get, you know, the Honus Wagner and which I had a great portfolio. The problem was no one had ever played a game before. Right. Uh, ever. So it became kind of stressful thinking, okay, well, how do I make my money back? I've got a hundred or oh, got eleven hundred digital trading cards, quote, NFTs here that are depreciating by the hour. How did it go for me? Um, I probably returned over uh, over my investment, probably 50%. Uh, So it was good. It was good. But early adoption, I won a lot early. I got comfortable. The problem was, and I don't want to say a problem with Rainmakers, because the way I did it, and it did the same thing, I put my hand right back in the garbage disposal with golf, is heavy up front. The market starts to flood with inventory. Prices come down. Players come in and the randomness of golf uh, in PGA, because yeah, you know, the, the correlation
1: you can, between projection and points is going to be so wide in golf, even compared to football.
2: There's no core. Like you can't say, okay, I've got Burrow and I've got, I've got chase and I've got Higgins rainmakers. They're playing the Falcons this week. That is going to be likely an optimal lineup. So I know now with, with cards, Hovland, the PGA could still lose by 20 and miss the cut, but that card cost you $1,700. Right. So I realized my big spend early on a PGA, because I'm out now, I'm I'm completely sold my inventory. I won a lot early. I sold a lot. I thought probably broke even, maybe lost a little, but nothing extreme. I realized that there's the purses aren't big enough. There's too many players in this and it's too random. What, what I would do in Rainmakers now for golf if I was going to do it is maybe buy the optimal week to week or something close to it um, get six to six, try to bink the elite level, which is a little cheaper and hope for the best. It's a definitely an, a difference and an interesting game compared to DFS. much much m- takes a lot more work uh, but you know I did great on NFL. I got really scared in PGA. That's personally only because of how I was trying to attack it. Right. Um, But that's that.
1: I mean, it makes it wouldn't to me, it makes far more sense to buy in for NFL than it would for PGA, because you can feel relatively comfortable knowing the points you're getting. Right. And just be like, well, exactly. I feel pretty comfortable over 17 weeks, 18 weeks, I'm going to have one week where Alan digs, whatever, whatever my, whatever my, yes. my pairing is, I'm going to have the nut mm-hmm. possible lineup basically yep. because the, the the most expensive guys in the NFL score the most points, you know,
2: here's the, here's the, here's where I came down to and really DFS and sports altogether. I could walk up to uh, Tyler Boyd and say, you're going to get seven, seven, looks four catches, 70 yards, maybe a touchdown. And he wouldn't, he wouldn't put me in a mental institution, right? If I walk up to a golfer and say, you're going to not, you're going to shoot a 78 tomorrow. You're nuts. I don't know what I'm going to do playing golf tomorrow. They don't. Sure. Does anyone think Wyndham Clark is going to beat Victor Hovland by 20? Right. No No one knows. No one knows. Um so that's just the difference right you never know what you're buying just put a cheap lineup in anything the, the way i won money in pga early on this year was not my best lineups my freaking duds i used to just load up the legendary contest with 46 lineups and the 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 rags always pulled through but i just realized that listen you know i've got i've got six figures plus of diminishing assets right now and these contests are really getting smaller in terms of right. payout. I'm either going to have to go all out or, you know, double up. Uh, so we bought a horse.
1: And then, yeah, okay, there we go. Good, good mm-hmm. say. You could tell, you could tell, you're a radio professional. So let's yeah. let's talk let's talk about the horse. I mean, yeah. get yeah. bring me bring me inside the mind of Wiley right here.
2: So so um, when you live in Lexington, you are really you you're just inundated with horse culture. I mean, it's, it's our lifestyle, right? I mean, this is the, this is the center of the horse industry. Uh, There's billions of dollars pumped into it every year. These people love their animals. The racing's getting bigger. DraftKings is coming into the state now. Right. Um, Last year I put a sentence together with a lot of guys, you know, we have a horse uh, named showdown King. Um, He's a a three-year-old. Our racing team is called showdown Kings racing. Um, he, he got laid up a little bit with an ankle injury, but he's back on the track now and he's going to run and he's a monster. Uh, the second horse, I bought it at a bar in Lexington with my buddy. Who's the breeder, Richie Donworth, who I do a podcast every year on horses. And it was sort of just on a whim. And, uh, he ended up winning. If anyone knows horse racing here, he ended up winning his maiden first race as a two-year-old last week. $120,000 Hundred twenty thousand dollar race at Churchill Downs, and that is just something that we all dream of doing: a owning it, b training the horse well enough, getting him to the track, and c winning a race. And let alone a maiden race of that size at Churchill Downs on Derby Week is just the euphoria you feel. Like like it's it's our Super Bowl. Okay, uh, it's our Super Bowl. I, I have I I maybe run a sub eight. Forty, if I'm lucky, I have a three inch vertical. I'm I'm not I'm not winning the Super Bowl. I'm just not going to lift a trophy. You're likely not either. I don't know. You're younger than me. You may run. It's not happening. It's not happening. I could tell you right now the reason why the Tom Brady's are at the track while Dave Portnoy's is that the exhilaration you saw Jack Settlement with Mage, right? I mean, he was all over the place. Um, the exhilaration you feel from winning a race. I couldn't imagine the Derby, but that's our next goal is something that I want, I want normies like us to experience. And, and that's why I want to bring people from outside into the game through my showdown Kings racing group, because, you know, I'm very connected to the industry. We know all the good people here. We know I'm good trainer. My partner, you know, Eddie Keneally is trained now the second horse with me. I want to help people experience the excitement and you know, have a uh, have a potentially winning horse and, you know, experience what I experienced last week at Churchill Downs. So, I mean, I've owned horses around here since I've been here for 20 years, but nothing like that. So Vietmont is the one that we are showing a lot of promise for. And uh, there are some guys eventually, once we close out this round, um, because I bought them outright from my trainer, that will be really cool to be in this industry. Um, very cool. So we got
1: to get, we got to get all these new people addicted to showdown. We need de- get, we got to get them 150 maxing Thursday night Jags Titans too, as part of it.
2: Yeah, 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 yeah. So, I mean, that's where it came from, right? Because we all love playing NFL showdown and I had a, I had a kind of a good run, but you know, guys are way better than me, but I, I said showdown King is kind of a cool bossy name for, it a is horse, a cool name, right? Yeah. And it's a, it's a, it's because it's, I mean, you know, horses show each other down. Mine, mine did the seven Vietmont. Uh, you know, he, he stared down son of a ship, um, uh, uh, winning that four and a furlong race, but that was kind of the nature of it. So my silks are, you know, green and, and black and they kind of tie in with DraftKings a little bit, but it's exciting, right? I mean, that's, that's what it is. So we're the Showdown Kings and, um, yeah. What is
1: the what is the day to day of owning a horse like? I guess it's with the trainer and you like, it's in. I mean, how often? How what is what is a horse? Tra- how does a horse train for racing? Like, is it just doing sprints every day? Like, what's that? No. I, I have no idea. I literally yeah. this is not a part of my culture.
2: Yeah. So, I mean, I think that's a uh, you know I always assume that people understand what what I'm talking about here because we're so in deep with it. But you know, no. So horses horses are bought. And valued based on pedigree, right? Did your dad win? Did your right. dad's dad win? What sires or what what producers are are putting out pretty good foals and colts at this point in terms of racers? Um, you go to an auction, you buy one, or you you find an agent and they help buy you one, or you run into someone like me in a partnership, and uh, we get to you know we get to the to the best of the best. Uh, it's not cheap. But you send him to a trainer. Typically, they start running as a two-year-old and training as a two-year-old. The trainer, ours is Eddie Keneally, he will breeze him every so often, once every two weeks, once a week perhaps uh, before a race. But, you know, Eddie's goal, like our trainer, um, is to spend at least three months getting it fit, getting it absolutely top performance. So it'll start running, you know, two furlongs, three furlongs, four furlongs, half, that's what's it, that's half a mile until it's race fit right for the week before it's in race peak position peak, peak condition to run a race because it's running a mile some less more sometimes at about 40 miles an hour so right? gnarly it's so gnarly and um these horses People think, well, you know, you're abusing these horses because they they are they are bred to run. They are they, showdown king. Our our first our first colt. You have to literally tie him off so he doesn't run away. Yeah, are, yeah.
1: F- fish got to swim, bird got to fly, horse got to run.
2: Right, right. Uh, they got to run. And so, yeah, I mean, it's there's a tremendous amount of money in this game now. Um, but really in my day-to-day is, is, re- is not a lot. The trainer owns a lot of the owns all of the day-to-day, both sure. feeding it, bathing it, stalling it. Uh, and then we figure out our race schedule together and say, listen, you know, but I'm not, I can't say, you know what, Eddie, I want to run him this week on Saturday. He's like, right. no, no, he's not ready. So he's in control of when we're going to race, but. You know, look at the Derby owners. What is their Colt worth now? Right? I mean, millions, millions, millions. It won millions just winning that race. So So how
1: how do uh like entry fees and stuff for the races work? Like where's the purse come from? Like all like it's is it is it like uh you know, like is it like a guaranteed prize pool or is this more is this uh is this like a high-stakes five man type thing?
2: (laughs) No, it's guaranteed money. It's comes from the tracks, it comes from the betting pool, right? Oh yeah, sure. So um so the track will allocate some of its money that it makes from the, the handle to purses and you know, like Churchill Downs, our race was $120,000 two-year-old race. That's no slouch, right? That's just for his first race. Um, the the Churchill Downs will offer that because why? You get the best horses, you get the best jockeys, you get the best trainers, then you get people betting on it. Um, so we took home $72,000, 60% of the 120 for our first race. And, um, it, that doesn't happen very often. There's a tremendous amount of risk, and people need to know that. but but, if you're able to if you're if you're a gambler and you want to get a piece of a horse, it's exciting as hell. And you don't have to know much. You just have to be around people who are in the know and are honest. Right. Um, and that's really what we're trying to convey here with this little syndicate we're building. I didn't really expect much from it. I just wanted to own a horse with some guys. And now we've got a winner. So it's kind of building a little bit, knowing the traffic that I'm getting in terms of people who want to come in. Um, So I just got to keep expectations at a good level.
1: So how old is he, how old is your horse or any horse? How old are they when they run like, you know, the, the big Churchill downs Belmont and uh, the Preakness.
2: My horse ran the earliest it can run basically as a two-year-old. Um, Three-year-old season is when we really start to get heavy into the prep races and the derby. So derby horses are three years old. So we're a year in advance, and he's winning. And so me, I get really pie-eyed about this stuff. Is he going to go to Breeders' Cup? Can we go to Royal Ascot? Can we uh, win the stakes race next month, probably? And can can he run the distance to get to potentially a derby next year, which is all of our dream around here? All of it. I mean, that's... right you spend so much time and energy um, and there's so many ups and downs and you become a little family, your owners, your partners, your grooms, your trainers, your exercise riders, the people you see, because Keeneland is down the street from me. Horses are literally down the street from me. That winning is exhilarating for everyone. I mean, you see these people celebrating because it takes, it takes a lot of people to get this done. Uh, And there's a real admiration and love for these animals. Um, so yeah, I mean, I just, plus, you know, Lexington is not a bad place to visit <laughs> neither's you sure. know Kentucky general, you know it. Um, but that's it. That's where we come out. And so we'll see where it goes.
1: How does the jockey get determined? Like, is that, is that part, is that dude part of your group or is he employed by... The, like, I, like, is he employed by someone else? Like you, like a third party, like how, like how does yeah. the guy who actually rides the horse they have they get determined? They yeah. have
2: agents. Uh, typically it's a relationship with the trainer, but big time jockeys want big time horses typically. Right. Sure. Um, the agent, the agent will negotiate with uh, the trainer and um, you know, you'll get a mount for, and, and the trainers have really good relationships with certain jockeys and they know they're going to get a good horse. But you know these guys have won will win 2-3 million will make 2-3 million dollars a year. Uh, I mean they make a fortune, right? I mean they're making 10% of each race and they're racing every day almost.
1: What do I got to get my body weight down to to be a You're
2: jockey? got 109, 115 maybe. I mean, what? What you-
1: I mean never. I could never. Right. No chance. I got the right, right I got the right uh, height for it but no chance. I could never get down to
2: 115. <laughs> yeah pretty low i mean the uh, with 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 the saddle and the cloth and the jockey and his equipment it's 119 max so um really wow yeah. so the the uh no i mean our jockey Ray gutierrez he loves this horse he loves this horse and he does not want to lose i'm speaking for him but he doesn't really want to lose this mount and uh when he was ta- the way he was talking about it, he would drive down from Churchill Downs just to breeze him at Keeneland for Eddie. I knew we had something. I knew we had something. Um, so it's going to be magical, hopefully. And hopefully, the guys that get involved on this one, and I appreciate them getting involved, uh, will have the same experience as I did. So maybe you'll see him on TV next year. Showdown Kings.
1: I can't imagine a spot I would be more all in than if you should time get in there i might i look we might have to we might have to, i mean i i if, can't imagine a greater feeling honestly than being yeah. in on a kentucky derby winning horse. are you allowed to bet on the races at the track
2: absolutely i won five I put 500 across on um on vitemont at the race just I ran. i was so i was so juiced I, I almost forgot to do it and i won seven grand Uh, But then I get a million tags because I put my I put my ass out there on Twitter with this horse that he's going to win. And if he had finished last by 14 lengths, I wouldn't be here now. I'd be off Twitter. I would be evacuated from life. But I got a million. I got blown up. So many people want so much money. Uh, Guys we know, like Bryce, Bryce Third and Schlong, who's a partner to my first horse. He won a he won a good amount of money. So it's fun. It's just a ton of fun. Um, You can get to ride him. There you go. See, we can give you the house discount if you ride them. I would
1: love to. I would. I'm. Uh, I'm kind of scared of horses. You ever been have on a horse been. at
2: forty one miles an hour?
1: No, no. <laughs> uh, I, I I have. I have ridden horses before, but forty one miles an hour is a lot. I don't think I could. I don't think I could handle that. They're crazy yeah. animals, dude. They're huge and they're so strong.
2: Uh, what? I'm just looking outside. My window. guys, there's a swarm of bees, about ten million. We're being attacked by by bees in Lexington. Sorry, I <laughs> did. That's
1: a very uh, that's like what I think. What I imagine most southern states to be like to me is like just like uh wildlife critters. Bro, bro I can't
2: go outside. There's five million bees out there.
1: So it's like I I mean that's it, it's like it's like Australia where it's like everything outside is trying to kill you. That's kind of what I imagine southern yes. states to be like. Outside yeah, yeah, yeah. In the spring. Yeah,
2: yeah. Something's very wrong right now. So. uh, this may Crape be my last cra- time, my last time on earth the la-
1: <laughs> talking about talking about horses on on the takecast it's yes. beautiful well i mean look dude if you want people to hit you up about showdown kings incorporated yeah. where do yeah. they drop you a line so
2: i would i mean i would just I, I i put it out there yesterday i'm on wiley77 on twitter wiley77 on twitter um i said that if you ever any interest dm me so we're going to we're going to see i want some success first i want a proof case I want people in the industry that we know to get involved and say, "Yeah, you know what? You're absolutely right. That was exhilarating." Um, and then we're gonna do some more. So hopefully, hopefully, man, that you get involved.
1: It's. Uh, I'll put it. I'll put it on. I'll put it on the thinking pile. I'll bring it up at the weekly meeting with my wife. I'll be like, "Look, we gotta buy it. Oh, you're we out. Buy it you're out. Davis game. is out. <laughs> you never know. You never know. You never yeah. know uh all right man uh the the pod we got do we have episodes coming soon where do you want to direct people
2: bro i don't i don't know i mean i just <laughs> i i i don't have much to say in golf right now and uh i may do another horse one i don't know um i kind of like just shit posting a little bit and talk, about ho- is good. and talk about horse racing so maybe in the nfl season maybe we'll get back into it you there gotta live go. up to sh- you gotta live up to showdown playing and actually winning, right? It's
1: tr- it's true. You gotta you gotta bank with uh like 150 Ramondre Stevenson captains. That's, that's the that's move. Right. We'll that's get right. you there. <laughs> that's right. Uh, that's right. All right, there we go, everyone. That is uh that is Matthew Wiley Wiley77 on Twitter, the showdown king, and uh, we'll be back next week, everybody.